everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you took the time out of your day to listen to one another one of these episodes. It's very much appreciated. Today is exciting because we're we've made it. This is the section of the month that I really, really, really wanted to hit on very, very much for one reason. I'm going to talk about three women. I'm going to talk about Stormay today, and then tomorrow we're going to talk, we're going to talk about Sylvia Rivera. Saturday we're going to talk about Marsha P. Johnson, and then on Sunday, Sunday and Monday, we're going to be talking about Stonewall and its impact on the community as a whole. Now, the reason why I'm starting with these three women before I talk about the actual event of Stonewall is because these three women, for one reason or another, have become the face of Stonewall, right? These women have been credited time and time and time again as them being there when Stonewall happened and them being the forerunners and pushing back against the cops during Stonewall. So, let's start with Stormé de la Vier. Um, Stormé was a butch lesbian whose scuffle with police was, according to Stormé and many eyewitnesses, the spark that ignited the Stonewall riots, spurring the crowd to action. She was born in New Orleans to an African-American mother and a white father. She's remembered as a gay civil rights icon and entertainer who performed and hosted at the Apollo Theater and Radio City Music Hall. She worked for much of her life as an MC, singer, bouncer, bodyguard, and volunteer street patrol worker. The, quote, guardian of lesbians in the village, unquote. She is known as the Rosa Parks of the gay community. Very, 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 very impactful in her career. She did a lot of things, like, like, like it was stated there. She was a master of ceremonies, an MC, she was a bodyguard, uh, she was a singer, she was a bouncer at many gay clubs in New York, she was a, uh, a well-known drag king. Um, she did a lot during her life. But, uh, yes, let's continue. De Larverie's father was white. Her mother, her mother was African-American and worked as a servant of his, for his family. According to De Larverie, she was not certain of an actual date of birth. She was not certain of her actual date of birth. She celebrated her birthday on December 24th. Uh, as a child, she faced bullying and harassment. She rode jumping ropes. She rode jumping horses with um, Ringling Brothers Circus when she was a teenager. She stopped riding horses after being injured in a fall. She realized she was gay near the age of 18. Her partner, a dancer named Diana, lived with her for about 25 years until Diana died in, in the 1970s. Uh, according to her friend Lisa Kenistrashi, Delarvery <clears throat> carried a photograph of Diana with her at all times. That's sweet. That's very, very sweet. All right. Uh, 
Let us discuss Stonewall now. Stonewall Uprising. Fifty years later, the events of June 28, 1969 have been called the Stonewall Riots. However, Delivery was very clear that riot is a misleading description. It was a rebellion. It was an uprising. It was a civil rights disobedience. It was no damn riot, is what she said about it. When people ask her, was it a riot? What, like, what was it? She said, it's a re- it was a rebellion. It was civil disobedience. It was an uprising. It was not a riot. But of course, people like to paint it as a riot. Um, <clears throat> but continuing. At the Stonewall Rebellion, a scuffle broke out when a woman in handcuffs, who may have been Stormé, was roughly escorted from the door of the bar to the waiting police wagon. She was brought through the crowd by police several times as she escaped repeatedly. She fought with at least four of the police, swearing and shouting for about ten minutes. Described by a witness as a typical New York butch and a dyke stone butch, she had been hit on the head by an officer with a baton for, as one witness stated, announcing that her handcuffs were too tight. She was bleeding from a head wound as she fought back. Bystanders recall that the woman, whose identity remains cer- uncertain, Starmay has been identified by some, including herself as the woman, sparked, <clears throat> sparked the crowd to fight when she looked by- at bystanders and shouted, Why didn't you guys do something? After an officer picked her up and heaved her into the back of the wagon, the crowd became a mob and went berserk. It was at that moment that the scene became explosive. Some have referred to that woman um, as the gay community's Rosa Parks. Nobody knows who threw the first punch, but it's rumored that she did, and she said that she did. Said Lisa, a friend of um, a friend of Stormay and owner of the Village Lesbian Bar, Henrietta Hudson. She told me she did. Whether or not Stormay was the woman who fought her way out of the police wagon, all accounts agree that she was the she was one of several butch lesbians who fought back against the police during the uprising. So, it's le- it's very very vague as to who actually did it because there were eyewitnesses but nobody was there to like actually like identify her so she just like took credit for it um um but it it seems like the widespread belief is that she she was that woman um so yeah um but let's talk about her life after Stonewall as well as well because she did a lot of things um in her life Besides Stonewall. Stonewall was a very big event for her life, but she didn't... That wasn't the only thing she did. Like I said, she was an MC. She was a uh, um, a bouncer. She was a bodyguard. She was a drag king. She did a lot. Alright? So, from the Jewel Box Review. From 1955 to 1969, Stormay toured the... Black theater circuit as the MC and only drag king of the Jewel Box Review, North America's first racially integrated drag review. The review regularly played at played the Apollo Theater in Har- in Harlem, as well as to mixed race audiences. Something that was still race, something that was still rare during the era uh, during the era of racial segregation in the United States. She performed as a baritone. Very very nice. During show audience during shows, audience members would try to guess who the one girl was among the review performers. And at the end of at the end, Stormay would reveal herself as a woman during a musical number called "A Surprise with a Song," often wearing tailored suits and sometimes a mustache that made her unidentifiable to audience members. 
As a singer, she drew inspiration from Dina Washington and Billie Holiday, both of whom she knew in person. During this era, when they were very few drag kings performing, her unique drag style and, subverse, and subversive performances became cele celebrated, influential, and are now known to have set a historical precedent. In 1987, Michelle Parkerson released the first cut of the movie, Storme, The Lady of the Jewel Box, about Storme and her time with the review. Um, yes, influence on fashion. Uh, with her theatrical performance in costuming, performance, and makeup, biracial Starme could pass as either a man or a woman, black or white. Offstage, she cut a striking, handsome, androgynous presence and inspired other lesbians to adopt what had formerly been considered men's clothing as streetwear. She was photographed by renowned artist Diane Arbus, as well as other friends and lovers in the arts community, in three-piece suits and men's hats. She is now considered to have been an influence on gender nonconforming women's fashion decades before unisex styles became accepted. That is very, very cool. Um, she didn't let um, stereotypes define her in the slightest. In fact, she fought back very harshly against the idea that just because she was a woman does not mean that I have to be feminine and I have to like the things that are stereotypically associated with women. I can do my own thing. I can own it, and I can still be a woman, and, and I can still be a very confident, very powerful woman while I'm doing it. And I love that. Life after Stonewall. Uh, Stormay's role in the gay liberation movement lasted long after the uprisings of 1969. In the 1980s and 1990s, she worked as a bouncer for several lesbian bars in New York City. She was a member of the Stonewall Veterans Association, holding the offices of Chief of Sec security, ambassador, and in 1998-2000, to 2000, vice president. She was a regular at the Gay Pride Parade. For decades, um, Stormay served the community as a volunteer street patrol worker, the, quote, guardian of lesbians in the village, unquote. Tall, androgynous, and armed, she held a state gun permit. Miss Stormay roamed lower 7th and 8th avenues and pointed between into, and points between into her 80s patrolling the sidewalks and checking in at lesbian bars. She was on the lookout for what she called ugliness, any form of intolerance, bullying, or abuse of her, quote, quote, baby girls, unquote. Uh, she literally walked the streets of downtown Manhattan like a gay superhero. She was not to be messed with by any stretch of the imagination. That is really freaking cool. She, she not only got a gun license, she also got a position of power so that she could walk around downtown Manhattan and like find and like sniff out homophobes and just be like yo cut that shit out I'm not no we're not having it no we're, we're not doing that that is so freaking cool that is so cool uh in addition to her work for the LGBT community she also organized and performed at benefits for battered women and children when asked why she chose to do this work she replied someone has to care people say why do you still do that I said it's very simple if people don't care about if people didn't care about me when I was growing up with my mother being black raised in the south I wouldn't be here for several decades Storme lived and lived at New York City's famous Hotel Chelsea where she thrived on the atmosphere created by the ma many writers musicians artists and actors um, Lisa says that Storme continued working as a bouncer until the age of 85 
In June 2019, Storme was one of the f- one of the inaugural 50 American pioneers, trailblazers, and heroes inducted on the National LGBTQ Wall of Honor within the Stonewall National Monument in New York City Stonewall Inn. The Stonewall National Monument is the first U.S. national monument dedicated to LGBTQ rights and history, and the wall's unveiling was timed to take place during the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots. Um, yes. Um, yes, and then lucky for her, despite the fact that she worked in the community for... She was, she was not only part of the community her entire life or a majority of her life. She also did so much good for the community. And um, uh, she unfortunately passed uh, six years ago in 2014. Um, she went, uh, she died in her sleep. Um, and it's one of those things where... I don't want to say what I'm about to say because it's very morbid, but it's also 100% the truth. With people in the community, especially people who were around before Stonewall and was and was around before the uprising, it's amazing to me that somebody can live a full life and live a life peacefully and in comfort and in love and in realness like she did. Because a lot of people don't get that opportunity. So, as much as I wish that she was still here, I do take solace in the fact that she didn't go out suffering. She didn't go out in pain. She didn't go out hiding herself. She went out being a very confident, very powerful, very um, very outstanding woman in her personal life and in her work and in the community. She did so many things and she was such a beacon of protection and love and she she always sent a message out to everybody saying if you want to do something do it don't let anybody like try to change you or tell you you can't do this because of, of this reason or you can't do that because of another reason just do what you want don't let people dictate your life because she never let if she, if it was up to her um, actually, no, if it was up to other people, her life would be very different than what it was, right? Because not only was she born into a, into a biracial family, she was also born in the South before, like, during segregation, where she was very much a victim of, uh, vitriol and ignorance and hatred for no reason. And the fact that she was born in the middle of that, grew up during that moved past it became this icon and was it was a it was one of the catalysts for one of the biggest civil rights movements in the country and lived a full life being this confident woman and being this center to everybody around her saying that like i'm gonna keep you safe right if anybody's causing you trouble send them to me i will handle it for you because nobody's going to harass you while i am around and I find that amazing. I find that so often 
when we're dealing with modern issues, we forget to look back at the people who came before us. And if we didn't do that, we would forget about people like this. We would forget that there were people around when things were much harder than they are now. I'm not saying that they're easier now because they're definitely not. Things are still very, very hard. But you have to imagine how hard it was back then when when the police were still actively hunting us day in and day out when government didn't believe us to to exist where where doctors claimed that us being part of our community was mental illness that we were sick that we needed to be fixed and and for her to exist in the face of that adversity and come out the other side better and more and and more loved than she was at the beginning of it is incredible and i love it i love that so much but thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed that. I encourage you, please go out and do research on all of these amazing people who did so much for our community, especially during Pride Month where our history should be remembered just as much as we should celebrate modern times and how, how far we've come. We should also look back on where we started and never forget that. But regardless, thank you all so much listen to this episode and the affirmations as always you are loved you are seen you are valid you are heard love you all very very much donate protest educate sign petitions go out there keep going we got this keep going all right just that's all keep going um and yes see you guys tomorrow